Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, today with you again. We will be talking about the two Monday night football games. Steelers, big defensive effort by them to get the win. Then the Saints beat the Panthers in a not very impressive offensive game by either team. Then I'm going to break down my top ten teams two weeks into the season. Where do we sit? Then I'm going to talk about Justin Fields, what he said today. A lot of Kirk Cousins to the Jets media talk and some injury news. But let's get started. Let's get into it with Steelers-Browns Monday Night Football. Uh, It was the better of the two games that was on. Pittsburgh got the win 26-22. Their defense, I thought, was very impressive. Uh, I think it's also mixed with Deshaun not playing well. He didn't have a great game. He had... uh, 235 yards, just a touch over 50% completion percentage. Uh, One touchdown, one interception, took six sacks. QBR of 16, a pass rating of 70. And you also know it's bad when the quarterback has two personal foul penalties on himself, both for face masks. Now, rarely in a game do you have one single defensive player Do that twice. But for the quarterback to get that penalty twice, I think it's historic. I didn't look at the numbers, but that's the first time I ever remember watching a football game and seeing a quarterback get flagged twice for pass interference uh, or for roughing the passer. I think you could tell with him especially that he seems frustrated. He is not playing up to the standards that – they were a couple years ago for him or how he was playing then. Um, again, I don't think he's a quarterback. He used to be. He's not that good anymore. Uh, I don't want to hammer the guy, uh, but to me, the Browns are silly. Uh, I think this is going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. Uh, yeah, one of the worst trades in NFL history, giving up the two first-round picks to the Texans, and then not only on top of the the trade itself, but the contract. I think it'll go down as one of the worst trades, but also one of the worst contracts in NFL history. Five years, $230 million guaranteed, all guaranteed. No one's ever gotten a deal like that. And for, again, the clowns uh, to give him that deal. And to give it to Deshaun Watson, who, uh, again, uh, is still trying to recover from his 22 lawsuits that were against him. I still think he's creepy, pervert. I don't root for the guy. I pick against him. Even though, unfortunately, I did pick the Browns because I thought the Steelers were just that bad. Um, but I'll get into the reason why I think the Steelers really won in just a minute. Other than Deshaun Watson's poor play is... He's just not that guy anymore. And the crazy thing is, you know, they had Baker Mayfield. Obviously, that didn't work out for the Browns. Uh, The Browns, to me, turned on Baker Mayfield before Baker turned on the Browns. uh, You know, said they needed an adult in the room, even though Baker 
led them to a playoff victory against their Steelers in Pittsburgh, took the Chiefs toe-to-toe in Arrowhead in a divisional round. Again, that was fun to watch. So here, Baker is another new lease on life in Tampa Bay. And Baker Mayfield has looked better than Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield has 490 passing yards. Deshaun Watson's 389, so 100 better. Uh, Baker has three touchdowns to Deshaun's two, one better. And Baker Mayfield has zero turnovers compared to Deshaun Watson's four total turnovers, interceptions, and fumbles combined. Uh, That's not good. How about completion percentage? 69.1% to Baker Mayfield, 55.1% to Deshaun Watson, so 14 percentage points better. That's a full grade better. And then how about passer rating? Let me introduce you to this. To me, you're above 100. That's fantastic. Baker sitting at 104.4. Deshaun Watson sitting at 69.1. So, yeah. Baker Mayfield is playing better than Deshaun Watson right now. Deshaun Watson is playing really bad. But what, to me, really compounded the Browns' bad night and Deshaun Watson's poor play was the loss to Nick Chubb. Uh, That was just a gut punch to this team. Uh, It was a brutal, nasty injury. Um, They didn't show the replay on ESPN, uh, but if you were – on Instagram or social media, you know, and it kind of popped up and you saw the replay that ESPN didn't show on TV, it was bad. It was it's one of the ugliest injuries I've ever seen um, to a player before. It was, it was gross. So he's out rest of the season, Nick Chubb. That's a big loss because he's the biggest part of their offense. He's the, you know, one of the most productive backs in the league, one of the, you know, better durable running backs. So for him to be out, uh, this team, to me, is just farther down the hole now. I don't see them winning a lot of games with Deshaun Watson. They did bring back in Kareem Hunt today uh, to pair him with Jerome Ford. I thought Jerome Ford looked good. Uh, but this team, this Browns team, it, it's not good. And I'm, I'm it's not Stefanski's. Uh, fall. I'm not putting all the blame on him, but this team, it's not good. Which is fine for me because again, I'm anti Deshaun, so I'm rooting against them. But let's move on to the Steelers. They got the win. Their defense was great. Uh, started off again, pick six on Deshaun Watson, and then in the fourth quarter, uh, caused a Deshaun Watson fumble, uh, strip sack, scoop and score touchdown. So 14 points right there. Again, unacceptable if you're Deshaun Watson and the Browns. But this is how Pittsburgh Steelers still win games. Uh, they have not yet evolved to the modern offense that we see the Chiefs run, that we see the Lions run, the Bills, the Bengals. They have not yet progressed enough to that point where they're comfortable or at least have their niche like the Eagles. Now, the Eagles don't have, you know, a graceful, beautiful offense, again, like any of the teams I mentioned, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. But at least they have a spot. They know they're a power-running team 
great play action. You can count on Jalen Hurts to make some plays, especially with his legs. Uh, they have an offensive identity. The Steelers don't have that. When your own fans are chanting fire your offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator Matt Canada, they're chanting a fire Canada throughout the game. That's alarming. This offense is not good. I do think a lot of it falls on the offensive coordinator. I do think some of the struggles are on Kenny Pickett and just this team as well in this offense. So, again, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh fans think it's cool to have your defense outscore your offense and play great. But this is the modern NFL. It's not sustainable. You can beat the Clowns, but to beat any other teams like we saw in the Niners, uh, good offense, you're not going to do that. Uh, could you maybe do that against the Raiders or the Texans coming up? Sure. But when you face the Ravens or the Steelers or the Jags, Bengals, it's not going to be the case. It's not going to be that easy to do. Now let's go to the other Monday night game. Saints, Panthers. Uh, Saints won an ugly, unimpressive, hardly offensive outputting game. 20 to 17. And it wasn't a walk-off field goal or anything cool like that. I thought New Orleans was going to kind of dominate and stymie the Panthers' offense with their defense. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, New Orleans was able to pressure Bryce Young, and the receivers for the Panthers just couldn't get open. Uh, Bryce Young only 150 yards, a touchdown. Took four sacks. Again, the offensive output wasn't there. They only had 239 total yards, 139 passing, 100 yards rushing. That's not going to cut it. Um, and again, they were playing uh, catch up the whole night. They were down from the first possession. Uh, actually, I should say that Carolina got the opening field goal to go up 3-0. And then from there, it was all New Orleans. They got, you know, consecutive field goals to go up 6-3. Um, and then when Derek Carr makes a mistake and throws a bad interception to Von Bell of the Panthers, I mean, it just, to me, that's on Derek Carr. Um, and then what happens? You're in New Orleans territory. You're up to New Orleans 37 already. You're basically in field goal range. You're at a crucial third and six. Two minutes to go in the first half. Two-minute warning is passed. Bryce Young gets sacked, fumbles the football. You cannot do that at the New Orleans 18-yard line on a third down. That is a guaranteed three points at least. You walk out at halftime 6-6, the complexion of this game changes. Uh, you've you know lost by three points. You at least get a field goal there. We're looking at overtime. Uh, because New Orleans offense did pick it up in the uh, second half, had a couple of nice uh, 75-yard touchdown drives. Um, one of them was just methodical, 10 plays, marched down the field. Um, the other was much shorter, some chunk plays that they had. But the Saints, I'm not saying they're a great team, um, but, hey, they're 2-0. 
you know, one uh, division game on the road and in a tough Titans team. So I think the Saints, hey, don't count them out um, for anything. Again, I picked them to win the division. I'm standing by it. Um, I like this team. Kind of like the Falcons a little more, but they're 2-0. The Panthers are 0-2 and already in an early hole uh, because they are the only division, only team in the division, that the rest of the division is 2-0. Falcons, Bucks, Saints, all 2-0. Panthers are 0-2, only division like that in the NFL, too. So to start down two games uh, to essentially be that tiebreaker third game against New Orleans already. I think it's safe to say the Carolina Panthers are officially eliminated from playoff contention. It's like that, you know, episodes of Survivor where they tell the contestants, you know, hey, you've been eliminated, you've been sent home, the jury's voted you out, whatever it is. That's what the Panthers are. The teams in their division have voted them out. Uh, Their fire, their torch, getting sent home. That's what they are. They play the Seahawks this upcoming week. That's going to be rough for them. Uh, Vikings will be rough. Lions, Dolphins, you know, this team could easily start 0-6. I'm thinking 1-5, optimistically 1-5. But 0-6 is definitely on the table. They have a greater shot at starting 0-6, in my mind, than going 2-4 to start the season. I'm sorry, but Panthers, not that good. I also want to talk about something uh, that happened not with just these two games, but a lot of NFL I've seen over the first two weeks. It's eerily similar to last year, maybe a little worse this year, and in terms of offensive play. Uh, again, it feels like the defenses are sort of there, but the offenses for a lot of teams are not there yet. It still feels like preseason feeling out, and I don't like that. Before, uh, you know, previous seasons, uh, players played in a preseason. They were ready to go for the regular season. They participated in training camp. Like, everybody was ready to go. NFL season started off hot. And I feel like the past couple of years, it hasn't been that way. It starts off kind of slow, where September feels like a preseason because players don't play in preseason. Uh, some of them take the OTAs and, you know, voluntary training camps off. So it just feels like we're playing catch-up. It's the Eagles. You know, we saw this well-oiled machine all of last year. Yes, I did think there would be some of a regression, but I didn't think this offense would look that stoic um, in the passing game that far behind with the same playmakers, offensive linemen, weapons in their system. You know, Bengals, I thought, hey, you did it last year, started off 0-2. Don't you want to change it up? They don't obviously want to change it up. They want to start 0-2 again and put themselves in a hole. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, an offense we're used to seeing, drop 40 points to start off September, and Mahomes won the September Heisman. Hasn't been the case. They lost to the Lions. Patrick Mahomes played badly. And then against the Jags, he had another, uh, you know, Interception, I haven't seen him throw in a while. Just a Hail Mary prayer up into double coverage. Um, 
So again, just some of these offenses, the Jags, again, it's a Chiefs defense, uh, you know, Bears offense, uh, Giants offense, uh, Broncos off script, Browns, Steelers. I mean, I don't know what it is. Hopefully it gets a little better coming up, but the offense hasn't been great. Now, time to give you my NFL top 10 teams. Let's start with number 10, the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons are one of my top 10 teams. Right there at number 10, they're 2-0. Uh, to me, they are uh, have been very impressive considering I thought the Packers would beat them this week. Bijan Robinson is a highlight reel. He makes just great, tough runs. Desmond Ritter isn't having crucial turnovers. The offense is playing, you know, efficient enough in their defense. The Atlanta defense is third in terms of yards allowed. They have a really uh, good underrated defense. Not a lot of people are talking about, and they're only allowing 17 points per game. Uh, You can win games like that. That's very possible. So the Falcons are doing it. They're number 10, surprising, uh, but they're in there. Number 9, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, lost by them uh, this week to the Chiefs. Won't hold it against them because they look good against the um, uh, Colts first week of the season. Yes, they have a problem where they can't beat the Chiefs. But so do a lot of teams in the NFL, not named the Detroit Lions. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, if that's their one issue right now, then, hey, we can live with it with Trevor Lawrence. And Calvin Ridley, I like to get Zay Jones more involved, um, you know, and be able to kind of play from behind and win. Um, I'm glad you can do it against the Cowboys, but you've had two opportunities against the Chiefs now. Not able to do it, and guess what? That's the biggest competition. That's the measuring stick in the AFC. You're going to have to beat them if you don't want to advance uh, to the places you want to go to. Number eight, the Buffalo Bills. Now, this is the Buffalo Bills team, I know. After a weird, wonky week one in which I expected them to lose an ugly game to a good Jets defense, I expected them to bounce back against the Raiders. And again... That's exactly what they did through two games. They're fifth in total offensive uh, yards. They are averaging 27 points per game, which is pretty darn good. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, if you can believe this one or not, I know uh, I'm going to throw a Josh Allen stat, and there's so many Josh Allen detractors and haters now, but he's actually number one. In completion percentage, 77%. That's pretty good to be that accurate through the first two weeks of the season, even though he has thrown three interceptions in that first game. He's played very well. Uh, and again, people are, you know, jumping on him and this Bills team. But if Josh Allen can, I don't think 77% sustainable. But we've seen the accurateness of the Tua's and the Burroughs hover around 70% for an entire year. If he can keep that up, don't count the Bills out. Uh, I'm still 
rolling with the Bills, but you know, is a good team where a lot of people are bringing, trying to bring them down. I still respect the Bills. Seven, Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, Kansas City Chiefs are here at seven. Uh, they are one of the best one-on-one teams. Um, ugly loss to the Lions offensively. Still not there yet. You know, usually, again, like I said, we're used to seeing them in, like, top three offensive metrics through the first two games of the season. So for them to um, not be there, uh, you know, not even in the top five and be, like, nine or ten, we're not used to seeing that. We're not used to seeing 18.5 points per game for them, um, which is pretty low. The other team that's averaging 18.5 points per game is the Chicago Bears, and they play them this week, and the New England Patriots. Not saying they're like those teams, but those are just the two other teams averaging that mark. But defense is playing really good. I do believe the offense will catch up. Uh, and they'll start steamrolling some opponents. Maybe they'll start with the Bears this weekend. Number six, the Detroit Lions. Yes, the Detroit Lions are here at six. Why? Well, they did beat the Kansas City Chiefs, so I have to honor that beat and put them ahead. I know people hear this and say, well, what about the Seahawks? Well, guess what? Seahawks didn't play the... Chiefs, they lost to the Rams. Detroit beat the Chiefs. I don't think Kansas City would lose to the Seahawks. And then you also look at the stats. Detroit has the third best offense. Oh, is that where we finished last year behind the Eagles and the Chiefs? Oh, yeah, it was. Are we behind the Dolphins and the surprising Rams right now in that category? Yes, they are. 393 total yards per game. Uh, Third in passing at 383. Jared Goff has been a baller this year. And they're also averaging over 100 yards on the ground, 26 points per game. This is a good offense. Now, through two weeks last year, they had the worst defense. I am proud to say that right now, let me count real quick. They're not even bottom 10. Not even bottom 10 in defense, which is an improvement. The first week defense looked a lot better in the second week. Hopefully we can iron out those inconsistencies and play better because now what I've seen how good this defense can be, which I saw them that first week, you set a high standard that first week. So for them to come crashing down, burning, and dying the second week, you either need to pick a happy medium or just play like the first week. If you play at least a happy medium to where uh, you're closer to the first week than you were this past week, I got a lot of faith. Got a lot of faith. We're number six. Now, time to go to some undefeated teams. Five, the Baltimore Ravens. To me, it's impressive to be able to win games um, due to the injuries they've had. And, again, the first team was the Texans. But going into Cincinnati and beating them was impressive. Offenses look good, again, despite injuries. Defense, top ten in yards. Uh, only 16.5 points allowed. Uh, this is a good, balanced team. Um, and I respect the team the way it's constructed and how they are. I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, but I don't diss, you know, anybody in a ranking for personal preference. Four, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami, you know, surprise 2-0 and team. Uh, number one offensive team right now. Uh, just 
you know, lapping the two teams, you know, behind them, the Rams, Detroit, uh, 462.5 yards per game through two. Mightily impressive. 30 points per game. This is offense is very good. Uh, Tua, I still believe, uh, leaves a little to be desired. Um, because a lot of the balls are underthrown. Tyreek, Jalen Waddle make great plays on them. But I'm not sold on their defense. They do have a bottom 10 defense in the NFL, which is why I don't rate them higher. They have four. Three, Philadelphia Eagles. Got to respect the Eagles at three. Again, offensively, haven't been where they were at last year. Uh, Still a very good uh, running team. Uh, You know, second best rushing team this year behind the Browns, I believe. They'll finish at number one, 170 rushing yards per game in the two games, scoring 29.5 points. That'll suffice. That fits the niche of this team. I think they're good. And then rush defense, again, they're number two in rush defense, allowing 52 yards per game. The pass defense has been suspect, uh, but this is a good, good team. Number two. San Francisco 49ers. Uh, offense has picked up right where it left off last year with Brock Purdy and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey just absolutely killing it. 173 and a half yards rushing for them a game. 30 points. Terrific. Uh, defensively, uh, haven't been where they're used to being um, in terms of total yards, which is like number two or number one. Uh, I think they'll finish near that, but 15 points per game. That will do. But number one, that's spot's reserved for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, offensively, the Cowboys haven't had to do much because of the turnovers against the Giants in the first game, and then, again, three more against the Jets this game. So the offense has just been on cruise control, uh, so you can't really – I can't judge your offensive output for comeback wins or shootouts quite yet because they haven't had to be in one. But their offense looks fine. Dak Prescott not turning the football over. And the defense through two weeks has been the best in football. They are number one in terms of yards allowed per game, 193. And number one in points, five points through two games. One shutout and then 10 against the Jets. This is a very good defense to me. Already looking like the best defense. I might crown Cowboys one right now. Niners 2, Micah Parsons has been the best defender in the league through two weeks. So this team is very, very good. And again, this is why I picked them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So who are my top 10 teams in the NFL? Falcons, Jags, Bills, Chiefs, Lions, Ravens, Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys. Now I want to talk about Justin Fields. So Justin Fields decided to open his mouth today. And he blamed some of his style of play and the poor offense and, you know, him not making plays on coaching. He really went there. Um, You know, the reporter kind of asked him, you know, why he's kind of robotic in the – you know, pocket and play, and he pointed to coaching, uh, uh, you know, 
I'm never a fan of publicly dissing someone if you haven't yet taken accountability for your actions. I think he could have handled it better. Um, you know, being in his position that he is, uh, to me, you have to take the responsibility and accept responsibility first, especially for the media and the press. Yes, uh, you can feel that way, but address the coach yourself, the manager yourself. Don't say that in a press conference because, again, Justin Fields hasn't been great so far this year. Only 60% completion percentage, uh, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 213 yards uh, per game, a QBR of 22, pass rating of 70. And that's not good. And that's just the numbers. But when you watch him play and you watch the eye test, to me you can see he has regressed. There was one – a uh, couple uh, plays against the Bucks this weekend. One of them had a receiver wide open, and he just can't read the field. He got poor vision, and then the same with the screenplay, which was the pick six. Now, he ran this, that same play three consecutive times, so it's up to Justin to audible to know, hey, the defenders are aware of this, and again, using your pocket ability. Um, seeing the field, which I think he does a poor job of right now. So my advice to Justin Fields, I take responsibility first before you start blaming blaming others. Next, a lot of media swirling rumors that the media is throwing out there. Kurt Cousins to the Jets. Now, Jets have, are not pursuing this, and they're smart too. A lot of people are talking about Kurt Cousins to the Jets. I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't want it. Now, Kirk Cousins, again, I think is a mediocre quarterback. Um, don't think he's great. Won't be that much an improvement. And to me, again, he's not going to change life for New York um, this year. He's not taking him to a Super Bowl winning playoff games because he doesn't do that on a regular basis with the Vikings that he was on, already is on now, or with the commanders that he was formerly on. And when you look at the Jets, um, it would be a bad move for them because they do have Aaron Rodgers, who is on injured reserve, but has said in podcasts and interviews that he's trying to shock people with his comeback, trying to return for a playoff run. Again, I don't think he'll be in playoff contention when he returns, but he's going to give it there also to trade for Kirk Cousins Kind of a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers and his rehab dedication. And it also uh, just means that you're punting on Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson's not the guy. You can't get it done with him. Uh, you're kind of carting him off the field and saying, hey, sorry, buddy. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, try to get the confidence up, but we're not sold yet. So, again, I don't think that's a viable solution. He doesn't change the variables that much for me to where they'd be an instantly better team. Next, lastly, Rams are looking to trade Cam Akers. So it's weird. Cam Akers had a cut like three straight 100-yard games last year to finish off the year. And then he starts this year. In season in the doghouse, Kyron Williams has just been fantastic for him. Cam Williams was a healthy scratch. 
uh, this past game against the Niners, and then it comes out that, hey, they're looking to trade him. So the point is with Sean McVay, that when you're in the doghouse with Sean, you stay in there until you get traded, and your doghouse has moved from one backyard to another backyard far, far away. We saw it with Jared Goff. Jared Goff, Super Bowl caliber quarterback, take a team to a Super Bowl. But a couple bad years, lose Saver with Sean McVay, and Sean says, enough is enough, I'm trading you. I can't bear beside you anymore. Same with Cam Akers. Cam Akers is going through the same thing Jared Goff went through. And uh, But to me, it also shows that, hey, he really cares about the team this year. Um, I think they've surprised a lot of people. They surprised me beating the Seahawks week one, keeping it close and competitive against the Niners with no Cooper Cup in either of those games. Um, I can see that, again, he has a little bit of fire back from the 2021 season, 2022, where they won the Super Bowl. Went all in last year, as I said. True Super Bowl hangover for this team. Uh, but they look good. And, hey, that's just what Sean McVay needs. He, Jared Goff was in the doghouse, traded him. First, Daffern won the Super Bowl. Cam Akers in the same place. Um, I like Kyron Williams. Maybe you trade Cam Akers for an offensive lineman or defensive lineman. One of the two, who knows? The Rams are a much better team than they have been in the past. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.